Welcome to every album member with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my rock and our merch co-host, Alexander Voltz. Say hello. Hello. I'm clearly the Eddie Vedder to Mike's uh, Chris Cornell. That's sweet. Although it's without my facial hair, I'd look way less like him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, we'll get. We'll talk about that in a second. This is every album member of the podcast. We listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a new discography per episode, and today we'll be discussing the one album by Temple of the Dog. This is a bit of a continuation. We did we covered Soundgarden episode 70, I believe. 70, I think. Yes. Uh, go check that out. That was one of my favorite episodes to do. I love Soundgarden and uh, everything that all, that's all that. Mm-hmm. And here we got a super group. Another super group. This is like our second super group in two weeks. Yes. And yeah, I really, I hope. Well, I'm assuming our listeners aren't tired of grunge. The grunge episodes seem we got to a, do good for us. We have a lot of grunge episodes, we, and there's still some to go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, obviously, I I feel like we might we don't have it scheduled, but we might as well do Mother Love. Oh, Bone. yeah. yeah like, like, let's just tie a bow on this whole thing. I'm almost mad that we didn't do them first, because yes, this is a direct, a direct response to Mother Love Bone. Yes. This, this whole album. Uh, but this is easier. Uh, well, it, yes. I, I bet it is. I've never yeah. heard of mother love, mother love bone before, but yeah. Uh, so if you want to help us support us, you know, all the things you can click the likes and the subscribes and all that bullshit. You can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash every album ever. There you get bonus episodes, early access to certain episodes, discounts off that shirt that he's wearing, as well as, uh, the other shirts that we have. And of course you can tier two, you can jump the line if you want to request an artist for us. So you don't have to wait. A million gajillion years for us to cover uh, whoever it is you want to hear us uh, rag on or gush about or whatever. All you know. That's our, our next episode is a Patreon episode. Right? It is. Yeah, we have another Patreon requested episode coming up next. It's actually one that I, I didn't even occur to me. That I was like, wait a minute, why they they're not even on our big list? They should have been on our big list. They should have. And uh, I'm glad someone asked for them. But uh, yeah, you can also find the Temple of the Dog album, the full album in the description. We usually got plays associated with every episode. But because it's uh, the one album, you get the one album. So cool. <clears throat> now, uh, Supergroup, it's like, I don't even like calling Temple of the Dog a Supergroup because it's just, a, it like it's just in, two bands that it happened in together. reverse, kind of, too, where like Pearl Jam happened after. Did it? Did they? Yes. When did, when did Pearl Jam emerge? Uh, they, I. Th- I believe I might be wrong, but I believe they emerged because of this group because um, somehow Eddie Vedder. This is like the first recordings of Eddie Vedder. Is it? Yes. Holy shit. I did not know that. I had no idea. And so he met the mother love bone guys through this group. Uh huh. And then it turned into into Pearl Jam. Because they. Pearl Jam formed in 90. And. Uh, 10 came out same year. Oh, okay. So maybe it seems like it was more simultaneous. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But I don't know the months. I don't know the months because you could even find the month because from what I've read, it's, it sounded like this album came out and it didn't sell well. Mm-hmm. And then when Pearl Jam and Soundgarden started blowing up mm-hmm. and the label was like, Oh, shit like this is a thing we can right. capitalize on yeah. it stupid come yeah. on yeah yeah so that's my understanding uh of- i believe 10 came up before this album interesting so yeah this isn't the first 
yeah. uh, Eddie Vedder, but they were pretty simultaneous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this album came out. Um, nope, nope, nope. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, the same. Hold on. Same month. Is that the same month? This this album came out in April of '91. Tain came out in August. So you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look at that. It beat it by a few months. Yeah, that's pretty close together. Yeah, and then because it was like released before Ten, it was just like this thing that was there, but only like hardcore fans kind of knew about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then later on, they were like, "Oh shit, we can, yeah. we can sell some albums." And boy, did were albums sold. Yes, my they God, because yeah, this is a uh, Jeff Ament. Um, Stone Gossard is he in this as well? Yes. Uh, Eddie Vedder, all of Pearl Jam, and then Green River, which we also covered recently, yes. one, episode one hundred and four, and then Chris and Matt from Soundgarden, which I mean, and Matt would go on to do Pearl Jam later yeah. on, well, much later on. Uh, these days, he's like there right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matt Cameron, one of my favorite drummers of all time. Chris Cornell, obviously one of my favorite singers of all time, and Pearl Jam is there. And yes. but they're all great musicians, okay? You fucking assholes! All right, I don't hate Pearl Jam. I just don't like Pearl Jam. Or I don't love Pearl Jam the way a lot of people. I might hate Pearl Jam. I haven't given them a proper listen. To use the word hate. I, exactly. I I I've heard all this the the big stuff, and I'm like I'm lukewarm on it. So that's probably Jeremy Spoker. Yeah, he's a Spoker. He's a Yarl. the the progenitor Yarl Yarler. Yes. Um. But uh. So this album, as we briefly mentioned, it was a direct response to Lover, Lover Mother Bone, Mother Love Bones singer, singer, I forget his name, dying of a, uh, Andrew Wood, Andrew Wood died of a, uh, heroin overdose also in a band called Malfunction spelled all, all weird, all malfunctioned, all malf- with funk in it. Nice. Oh, oh, there we go. That's cute. I'm assuming they had funk elements. Which means I would hate them. Maybe, maybe it's a spell like that. But um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't like this. You don't like what? You don't like Temple of the Dog? No. You're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, you're I am. out of your fucking mind. Because this is like my favorite supergroup album. You're out of your goddamn mind, Alex. I'm amazed. It, like it didn't even register right now when you said that. I was like, yeah, wait, 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 what? I'm, I'm malfunctioning uh, right malfunctioning. now. Malfunctioning. Um, I'm amazed you like it. It's I'm a ex- fucking great album. What's wrong with you? I'm excited to get into it now. What? Okay. I, for a, a general overview, what is it you don't like about it? Is it because it's fucking way gayer and mellower than than all the grunge stuff that we're used to is it because eddie vetter sings lead vocals on one song is it it because they're beautiful songs alex what is it it feels more blues driven Uh, insane disagree a fucking million percent (laughs) because i hate the goddamn blues no i know yeah well blues in the sense that like cream does blues they no even well i suppose they're, they don't really do blues. They just. It is very. It's very much a a like rocket. This. It is a rock album. It is not yes. a grunge album. There's nothing aggressive about this album. Which no. I don't. I didn't need it to be. There but. are some heavy parts. There's like two actual heavy songs. Yeah. And and even that, it's only heavy compared to the rest. But it's not like. Here's the thing. It's not like a Jeff Buckley where it's super mellow in like. 
pretty in in, in like it, it's like this is a rock this is a regular ass rock band with just spectacular performers what's wrong with you alex i don't like what's that. wrong with rock nothing nothing you know give me like an aerosmith rocks or something um, that's different that album's fucking amazing uh, yeah um but yeah, I don't know. It was this like a little too, a little too jam. It's not like there's only one song that's jammy. There's only one song like that's jammy. jammy in a traditional sense, but just like. So I, I get what you're saying, because the way I boiled down this whole band, this mm-hmm. whole album, can't even call it a band, really. Uh, this whole style is remarkably simple riffs, lots and lots of in and out soloing mm-hmm. like just soloing in the middle of a, like or in the background during a vocal line so just a quick solo here and then sometimes a longer a lot of solos just in and out and really complex chris cornell welly vocals mm-hmm. so they're really if you if you strip away all the shit all the layers they're really simple songs sure really simple sure and i don't even necessarily have a problem with simple just not not here I think it works wonderful. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> oh God! And so, okay, here's just a, a, a side question then. So you you don't like this? Tell me at least you have the fucking the the, the decency, the human decency to prefer this over down on the upside. What was down on the? Uh, was that the Green River album I like? No, that's what? Soundgarden. Hold on. Let me. Is that the newer one? That is the the, the last one they, they made before they broke up. I I shouldn't admit this on air. I need to re-listen to that one because that album is not good, Alex. I'll tell you, right I, now. it has like three great songs. It on might there. not be. It might not be. I didn't know I'd be put on the spot like this album. All right, or, I, I, yeah. I'm being I'm being extra proby because I fucking love yeah. <laughs> this whole era and Chris Cornell a lot. But I'll I'll guess may maybe. Maybe it's a much better album. Take it from me, folks. All right. Yeah, I, I have the, I, the last I, word. I'm sure someone has that like Soundgarden episode memorized and I don't even remember what I fucking said. I, well, <laughs> I remember most of our picks for most episodes. That was the one you you gave worst. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. So so pro- probably most likely this is probably better. This is guaranteed. Yeah, better. This is yeah. this is a anyway, before we go into the album itself, uh, the the backstory entirely why did i see entirely the backstory so singer mother love bone dies chris cornell says hey guys let's do like a tribute yeah thing where we record new music um so it's always meant to be a one-off i think so and then i i think there was talk about maybe like covering some of his unrecorded stuff but then it would be viewed as plagiarism so they just decided against it and um yeah it was it's so wild because i think they played one show proper and then after that it would this be like random like random appear like if you went to like a pearl jam show and chris cornell walked on stage, oh yeah you're getting you get get yeah you get a few temple dog songs that happened until his death right yeah and then um they only did one proper tour in fall 2016 uh, oh wow yeah without a year before he died yeah holy shit maybe it was like he had like this bucket list of things he <sighs> i mean he wanted to do makes me sad yeah <laughs> makes me sad yeah and the tour didn't have better which is fine because oh. Really, only prominent on one song. He only sings lead in one song. Yeah, so and the rest of it, I don't even. I couldn't even. At least 
when I listened to it, I couldn't even hear backup vocals. It sounded mm. like all Chris. Yeah, what, it wouldn't really make sense for him to go on tour unless they were doing some sort of like hybrid set where you get Temple of the Dog, Pearl Jam, yeah, because yeah, Soundgarden yeah. stuff. Homeboy's just getting that money, man. Yeah. yeah, he's not gonna not bring Pearl Jam with him. Yeah, and then I know Audio Slave would do a few, few Temple Temple of the Dog songs. But yeah, only one proper tour the entire existence of the band. Yeah, this is a, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. I like that as only one album. I like that uh, it was just like, it was just one sort of idea, like, because especially with, with side projects and, in and, uh, super groups and spinoffs, it always comes back to like, all right, what were you and I, how much you paying us? Mm-hmm. Whereas this was like, it's, it's, it seems way more, uh, like yeah, it's just passion project. That's yeah, the term I'm looking yeah, for. totally. And um, yeah, I think it was this like the stopgap between Mother Love Bone and, and Pearl Jam mm-hmm. to kind of get those guys. Yeah, it's a, yeah, because I, I didn't even realize that it wasn't. Uh, it, it didn't go directly from Green River to Pearl Jam for yeah, uh, in Gossard. Uh, but let's jump into the album itself. So. We're going to do it track by track, most likely, because why the hell not? This is 1991's Self-Titled. So I, I had heard this song and one other one, and I thought it was like an interesting way to open up an album. Yeah. But also, like, when you know it's a tribute to the dead friend. It makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I was sold the first time I ever heard the song. You really? Ago, sold immediately. I fucking love this song. Really? I sing along with this song all the time. It's on my sing playlist. <laughs> Very pretty. Also, this is very uh, ballad-heavy. Ballad-heavy. Pretty ballad-heavy. Album anyways, so, like, why not? The thing is, this is is only a ballad compared to, like, Soundgarden. Yes. It's not, like, it's not ballad compared to regular-ass rock or this album or anything. It's, this is, like, a standard. It's a ballad if you like hard rock, yeah, heavy music. Yeah, exactly. Because it does get pretty heavy toward the end, although... It's also relieved that it is uh, mostly Cornell singing. Cause oh, yeah. It's, yeah, 99% him. Yeah, because when I looked it up, I thought they'd be doing like so a, a back and forth thing. Okay. So if you all don't want to cry, then you're, you're heartless. You're heartless, Alex. I am heartless. How dare you not want to cry when you hear that song? It's fucking beautiful. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. Uh, um. Uh, I guess it's one of the strongest. Songs. Yes, it's one of the strongest songs. God damn it! I guess it is. Uh, P- production, heavy as shit, crisper than a motherfucker. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's the most noticeable on. Uh, Do you listen in 2016 mix or the the normal I, one? I don't remember. I don't remember which one did you just play. I played 2016. Either way, it sounded good. Okay. Yeah. Um. Reach down. That's the second track, and it's like a very. Bold choice. <laughs> I kind of liked it at first. At first. It's got great riffs in it. The opening riff, it's not 
eight, nine minutes. It is though. 11 minutes. It's, it's not 11, 11 minutes. It's, a, it's 11 minutes long. A lot of jamming. A lot of yeah. jamming. And also, I don't know. The main course just kind of makes me laugh. I don't. Put it on. What it, oh, I didn't timestamp. Damn it. it. What does he say? Uh, I want to reach down. Oh. Pick up the crowd. <laughs> yeah. That's not at all how the song sounds. But. It's just it's just Alex doing James Hetfield. But yeah. no, that's what it is. Uh, so yeah, it's it, I, I dig the riffs and but ugh, then the fucking jamming and, and it it's a bold choice to put a fucking eleven minute jam fest in the oh. beginning of the album. Yeah, opening riff. I'm like, okay, okay, this is more my speed. Uh, is you know, gonna, put it put it is on because it's gonna end anytime soon. Because I think we my original point about the production was just for that main riff. It's fucking cool. It's a great riff. Yeah. And especially when all the instruments come in, it's fucking waxy in the face. Where's your crown king? Nothing. Yeah. It's going full. You should just start a song going to Jimmy Ben Alex. He said yeah. just like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was doing head I was doing head kill then. Even better. Yeah. Oh goddamn. Mixed very well. You could hear every single instrument individually. Like crystal clear each guitar is super clear at the bases that that super. lossless audio is uh <laughs> Ooh, it's glorious <laughs> that is a uh, good side sounding uh right symbol yeah drums are produced phenomenally and that's actually a uh I'll, I'll jump into that i'll put a pin in that that drum thought for a second for, um <clears throat> even though i said i should be saying that to myself uh so that yeah that's a great riff Putting a fucking 11 minute song at the beginning of the album is a insane decision for pacing. And I think it's like, it, it really disrupts the flow is, of the album. Is like this an insane decision for this band. Really? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't sound like sloppy though. Like they, it's pulled off. Well, like I don't like the jamminess of, of any band really, mm-hmm. but it works. Uh, it's not, it's not the worst thing ever. And I think the main, the, the actual meat of the song is pretty sultry and cool. But my second point, Drums. Matt Cameron is one of my favorite drummers of all time. Yes. I fucking love him. He's so neutered on here. He's so fucking he's like just a dr- he's, he's just a, a drummer. drummer. Yeah. He just is, <laughs> he's, he still sounds great, but he's not doing all the the crazy weirdness and unexpected stuff that, that you like that, from him. that makes me love him. Mm. Where you know he'll throw a fill in in the middle of a bar where you're not expecting it kind of stuff. There's nothing it's, like that here. It's a very somber album. It is. It is. Even though that riff was pretty heavy, after that. We get the hunger strike, which I'm pretty sure is like the most famous song. Yeah, that was the second song I I heard, and yeah, I don't love it, but you know, I get why it's legendary. You know, you got two fucking Godzilla grunge people. Yeah, two of the the big four on on one track. Um, That's the only song Eddie Vedder sings the lead on, but even then, he still trades off with Chris. Yeah, and then yeah. The the riff is kind of funny because I'm like this could be a Blink 182 riff. It's very very like if you speed it's it up, very bright. You sp- yeah, you speed it up. You you make it a little bit uh, less. Um, I don't want to say dy- well, yeah dynamic. Make it less yeah, dynamic. Yeah. Uh, it's it has uh, some poppiness to it for sure. Wait, it's very pretty and it's it's it's, it's nice. Uh, once, once the like rest of the instruments and the singing starts, you're not thinking like you're not thinking about it. It's not that it's out of place, but it could, you know, it could be a pop punk riff in an alternative universe. You know, is that a, is that a properly that's a properly used word right there? An yes. alternative universe, not an alternate. <laughs> no, yeah, alternative, alternative or, music or, or, universe. Yeah, uh, fucking. That's the thing. Like, 
I'll probably catch shit for that, but like, I, I don't really, I mean, Eddie Vedder has a cool voice objectively. I think he has a very interesting tone to it, but hearing it literally side by side with Chris, it's like, shut up, dude, shut up. I don't want to hear you. <laughs> it's like, cause they both do like a weird Yarly thing. Like, you know, before well, Chris does, Chris but, does the highs, but Chris is just a fucking insane vocalist. He does all kinds of crazy shit uh, and, and Eddie Vedder has his style and he doesn't have a crazy range to it. I would, yeah, I would have liked to hear like a, a song where like Vedder goes as low as he can go and Cornell goes as high as he full can go. octave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh, and then next you got pushing forward back. I think that's that, pretty dark, huh? Yeah. I think that's my favorite song. It's a good song. I think that's my favorite song on the album. It gets stuck in my head. It's uh, the vocal performance is fun. Chris is a fucking beast, dude. He's like, yeah. un, like here. So this is different than Soundgarden because Soundgarden is a very complicated band with a lot of interesting, crazy there, arrangements in songwriting. There's some metal influence in Soundgarden. There's nothing metal. No, no, no. Well, very lit. I'll get to one that I think is a little bit of an exception, but yeah. uh, so he's only singing on here. He's not pl playing in guitar <clears throat> and the songs are, like I said, super simple. So Chris is going wild. Like mm -hmm. he's doing, ah! he's doing, he's going everywhere. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then not just that he has all like a million uh, harmonies and overdubs that he's doing all the voices for. So it's like a fucking wall of Chris Cornell vocals <laughs> and it's, it's really cool. It, it's the, it's, super duper hard rocky mm -hmm. where you know like motley crew bands are so vocal oriented where yeah. like everything is based on how what the vocalist is doing and all so it's like that which is a little bit cringy mm -hmm. in, in, in like at least in concept <clears throat> but because it's so ballad heavy i find it to be way more sincere it, it stands out <clears throat> yeah way more than the other well to me it does yeah uh plus he just has a very unique uh, timbre to it. It's just a, everything. His head voice sounds like a scream, even though it's just a head voice. I don't mm -hmm. even know how he does that. But um, actually, uh, before I forget, the old, the heaviest thing here, and the only thing that gives me a kind of metal vibe is your your savior. Really? Because it, serious rage gets machine vibes. That main riff, put it on. You, I wonder. I almost wonder if um, audio slave. They had to have. Yeah. If not, then it's a... Yep. Never. Yeah, yeah, right? You're right. You're right. Never. The, he, he's hit one note, and it's already... It already sounds like rage. <laughs> yeah. You can just play that one riff over... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is so rage. Yeah, I'm going to be pissed off if Audio Slave didn't play this. I got to look it up now. Yeah. So, I dig that song a lot, too, but... <clears throat> yeah, because you were saying Audio Slave... Audio Slave... Audio Slave. Man, I can't even speak. Uh... That's immediately what came to mind. Like that makes a lot of sense. It also makes a lot of sense for Chris just being an audio slave that yeah. he's clearly into this kind of more groovy shit. Holy shit. I, they did not. They did not. Fools. Fools missed opportunity. Miss opportunity to have Tom Morello playing that. They did all night long. Call me a dog and hunger strike. You mean all night thing? Oh yeah. So all night thing. Sorry. Uh, uh, and call me a dog and hunger strike. Uh, Call Me A Dog, by the way, I think is the first full-on ballad in the song. Like, full-on, like, you got piano and everything. I like it. It makes me sad. It makes me real sad. I, that song, Call Me, Call me A Dog, and uh, Times of Trouble, just... So, here's the thing. T times of Trouble, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. 
I like it a lot. I think it's a good, well-written song, but it's a real fucking dip in energy. Mm. Like, we just had a ballad, and then this one is not much more energetic. They're pretty, they feel pretty interchangeable. A little bit. And that's right. I mean, the, the worst thing about this album is definitely the, the pacing, because, I mean, you start out with a fucking 11-minute jam thing, and then you... Th- you take this huge nosedive in the yeah. middle of the album with these really, really mellow songs. And then, but even though I still think they're good songs, uh, the only song that I actually don't care for is wooden Jesus. That song. I think I have mixed feelings about, but it makes me laugh. I, I know what they're, what they're like talking about, how like things are manufactured in these different countries, but I don't know something about both singers being like, where are you from? Um, and then this naming off, <laughs> the like, country. Wait, dude, Chris, uh, put, Chris whaling Taiwan is the funniest is funny. thing in the world. This is funny. We got to play it. <laughs> got to go. Yeah. Gotta We're not going to get to the Chris part. I think it's the better, better one first. Yeah, I believe you're right. That is like, oh, also the thing I like on the song is the percussion. The percussion's very, and the, this intro is my favorite part of the song. This is probably the best Matt Cameron. Anything that he's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, um, I like the banjos on it. Oh, shit, I notice that. Oh, that's, that's just acoustic guitar, that's not banjo. Unless you mean something later. That's Chris, that's Chris. I think they come in later. Let's, let's let it play a little bit. This is the way the dude pronounces words. Is, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get to it. Hold on. I'm I'm gonna fast forward to try okay. to find the uh, the banjos. Maybe I thought there were banjos, but maybe it's this. Well, I will give you that that, that those acoustic guitars are really, really bright. They sound like those. Uh, fuck, I forgot what I don't know. I forgot what they're called. Yeah, there's a specific kind of acoustic guitar. They, you'll know if you if you see it. I'll probably I'll post a picture on the video. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually have a cutaway, like like the way my guitar is back there. Yeah, it has a cutaway like that, and the the acoustic, you know, the hole. Mm-hmm. Acoustic, it has like several small holes and they're usually like a fucking turquoise that bleeds into black and they all sound like that really buzzy and thin like um every song on jar of flies by allison chains yeah. uses that kind of guitar okay and they all have that really thin really trebly uh tone to it and i hate it i hate mm. i hate that for acoustic guitars <clears throat> but just a taste thing where am i at now where are we at now four walled world you like Zeppelin. How do you not like that song? I don't know. I think I like Zeppelin. I don't like one other things that sound, sound like Je- Zeppelin. Uh, even though Zeppelin sounds like everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, sorry, a, I'm a complicated person. <laughs> so uh, I I like it. I think it's great. The bass is my favorite thing in that fucking song. I'm uh, I was a little confused at first, but I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure he's playing a fretless. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, re- not really a uh, album where the the bass stands out too much. What, aside from the the production, performance-wise, yeah. he's just playing the right notes. He's doing it well. Yeah, the the rhythm section got got neutered on on this album. But it, 
in terms of the way it's written, it's it's very you much wouldn't just over, hang back. You, yeah, you wouldn't want to overplay these songs. Exactly. And I I think they do shine just in terms of the way they're mixed because it's it's so fucking fucking clear those drums sound right next to you. Mm-hmm. Uh <clears throat> which is like who did this? Who did this album? Where where the fuck like because uh, this is after Soundgarden had some pull, right? Uh no, I think it was because the yeah, this was after Louder Than Love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Soundgarden had like a little bit of pull. They weren't the you know as big as they would get. Um, yeah, this is A and M. It's pretty big. Rick Porsche, who uh, seems like he's you know worked with bands like Alice in Chains, Pearl mm-hmm. Jam, uh, Blind Melon, Dinosaur Junior, all the nineties. All even, the even garbage like Nickelback, Three Doors Down. Oh shit! Fucking Zach Wild, brother. Whoa. What else we got here? Uh, yeah. So, oh yeah, one more thing about Four World World. Uh, the it's not the last track. The last song is All Night Thing, which is the most mellowy thing on the record. Mm-hmm. The most ballady thing. There's no guitar. There's only piano, bass, drums, and vocals. Uh, I I get the concept. Or the the like closing out the intention to close it with that. I think it should have ended with Four World World. Just it has it's more it's bigger. It's more of a, an epic epic kind of thing. Uh, only thing is just very 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 pretty, very mm-hmm. very very mellow. Uh, but then in the way that's just what the album uh, is. Uh, yeah, and it's the thing is it's not that mellow. It's like it's. I guess it's, it's mellow to us because exactly. we're crazy people. It's but. bitch compared to metal, but it's not bitch compared to rock. I yeah, would say. it's yeah. just. A rock album. Yeah. But it's still pretty. It's still nice. Oh, man. You're crazy. You're fucking crazy. It did not work for me. Uh, uh, The one thing I will give that, uh, even though I do like the way most of these songs are written, uh, it is, that's not a tough listen. It's just a lengthy listen. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the pacing is is wonky, so it it does feel longer than it should. And it's not a short album. It's like 50-something minutes. Uh, which feels longer because you open it up with such long songs and then, you know, you get the dip right in the middle of the album. Uh, so it ends up, I think, incidentally being less memorable. Like you get the most memorable songs in the whole record, which are up front. Up front yeah, yeah. Say Hello to Heaven and, and Hunger Strike. So I think even though the songs later on are still great, you're not listening to the, the no, you've, that long. Yeah, yeah. You've, you got your fill. Yes. Yeah, I don't yes. like that. That's why I think it's just a fucking disservice the way it's paced and the way it's sequenced. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there was still fat on here. It's still like it could have been better, but it's still I think a strong record. But too much, too much Pearl Jam for me. Not enough. Sound not enough Soundgarden. That's the thing. Like it didn't feel like Pearl Jam to me. At least what I remember as Pearl mm-hmm. Jam because I haven't heard them so long. Because, uh, yeah, Pearl Jam always felt like the, you know, the very, very accessible, you know, basic. Now, we're not going to go crazy with anything here. You could of all be- the grunge bands, they're the, they're the most lukewarm. You could bring Pearl Jam over to meet your parents. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, like me, I'm like a rebellious teenager. I don't want uh, my parents liking any of my boyfriends or girlfriends. I don't want them to like anybody. Yes. All right. I want to bring home the crazy person with all the spikes. Yes. Or something like that. You want to bring over a, uh, a Buzz or a Cobain or, exactly. a, or a Lane. I'm going to bring home a Buzz. I'm just going to uh, bring home Buzz every bring time. Bring home Buzz. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. So Alex doesn't like it, but I do. <clears throat> and I think it's, it's it such a 90s record, though. It, yeah. it, it's like 
if you're into that's why it blows me away that you like Jeff Buckley and not this because it's the same style of 90s it's not the same style of song Buck to me like Buckley is such a uh, what's the word I'm looking for like man he's gifted what a he is he is so is Chris Cornell uh, no is. yeah no I'm not taking anything away from Cornell but like man the I don't like the way Buckley viewed music and wrote riffs it was I'm very ju- interesting. It, it was very unique and yeah. he was like he's in that like same camp as like Nick Drake where it's like they're playing these these genres of music that maybe I don't like yeah but because they're so good yeah they're just such like, a, a unique view on it that that's probably that's that, I think that's why my I'm trying to like uh, untangle the proverbial wires in my head about this because uh, the grace grace by Jack Buckley by the way check that album if, I mean check out that episode if you haven't already we did it like forever ago like um, that to me that feels timeless like that, that doesn't feel like 90s so that, that's what I'm saying the way it's produced though is very it's similar not, to this yeah it is very similar the same style of like th- the same arrangement style you know what mm-hmm. I mean like where the the same kinds of acoustic guitars come in at these particular moments it gets loud in this particular way it doesn't ever get crazy noisy but it does get so yeah. it's the same style of like 90s production where it, they're, they're it's not going wild it's just a different style of writing buckley's got riffs even if it's not like a rock and song he's got riffs they're and they're unusual riffs yeah now we're just turning this to a jeff buckley episode again might, but, yeah, <laughs> might as well we got one album just, to talk about it just reminds me of it though like it's i like no i get the i comparison. like that one more a lot a lot yeah. more but still um yeah, and then I also emphasize that because nothing by Soundgarden sounds like the sounds like this production wise again. Again, presentation yeah. wise, it doesn't have that. Even though I love Soundgarden production, it doesn't have this crispness to it. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, it doesn't have that. Uh, Maybe because um, Soundgarden was a little more noisier, a little a little heavier. The, the producers weren't like trying to bring out certain. Yeah, yeah. Like you got Kim Thiel in there doing his fucking godliness. Yes. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh god bless that man but <laughs> i don't know so check it out if you like chris cornell and pearl jam and if you and i'm sure you have if you like them there's no yeah, like, there's yeah there's no right like i'm sure people who love grunge music like hunger strike has just got to be like yeah like what the the Aveng- almost like the avengers of grunge music right there yeah in a way yeah it's a very beefy ass lineup yeah beefy lineup and and honestly everyone is playing so fucking well like every single per- the solos on here by what's his fucking name he's in um pearl jam as well uh i'll find out mike mccready mike okay McCready. yeah i didn't realize he was a full-on shredder yeah like the dude is like the best shredder in every in any grunge band i've ever yeah. heard like holy shit yeah i think that's why the like big big four of grunge is um still like maintains a, a presence or a, a a a timeliness where like where like i remember being younger in like the early 2000s like oh is this gonna be like viewed as like hair metal oh okay because you know i, w- I was getting into music and trying to like figure it out and like you know there's the classics and then but there can be trends with good musicians. You can have these these swells of bands that are talented, and this because it was trendy doesn't doesn't take anything away. Right. That's a that's one uh, 
criticism that I remember from way back in the day about Austin Chains was that they started out as hair metal mm. and then like that, people like to do that bullshit. Everyone's so clicky. Everybody yeah. likes drama. They'd like to say like they did the same thing with Pantera. Like, oh, they started out as hair metal. They're fucking much like, oh, that's what they like. Yeah. But if you listen to all the albums in a row, like we did episode 12 way back in the day, oh, yeah. you hear the, the evolution, you hear them changing slowly. And if you listen to Cowboys from Hell, it's fucking hair metal. It's like uh, almost hair metal. Also, they're better band for change <laughs> yeah. like what yeah. do you want them to do die on that hill or? exactly so yeah exactly that so allison chains and if you listen to facelift holy shit man like that is it's not that it's like there's a lot of rough parts there's a mm. lot of hair metal ass shit in that album mm. uh but like looking at what it turned into like yeah that, i mean what do you what do you, what it, do you want <laughs> yeah it'd be different if they pivoted and they sucked but they're both like juggernauts. So. Yeah. 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 It's wild stuff. You know who I don't like? Because this is a short episode and I do use that criticism against us. Mr. T who? Skrillex. Skr- oh, I've never given him. I mean, don't. I, I don't like his face. No. I mean, that has nothing to do with his talent. I don't like his fucking face either. Um, Or his music. Um, So, he's, you know, big EDM guy. Yeah. Arguably one of the biggest faces for EDM. This motherfucker was in an emo band okay. called From First to Last. And the first time I went to go see Bad Religion, From First to Last opened up. And I don't, I, they were on Epitaph uh-huh. because everyone's on Epitaph. Love, love. Uh, um, so that's why they were opening up. And as they say in the pro wrestling business, instant heat. Instant heat. What does that mean? Booing. Really? The way this motherfucker walked out on stage with his dinosaur hands and his eyeliner and fucking. Wait, dinosaur hands. I'm so confused. He was like. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean like just the way he moved? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, thought, I thought he was pointing like a, a Danzig with his spike gloves. No, no, no. <laughs> He's, his movements were just very like, it, like he held his arms in like, right. like a T-Rex. Right. And. It was just, I, I don't think I've ever heard a band get fucking booed like that. And it's like they're playing emo music for these like legends of like punk rock being bad religion. Mm-hmm. Like outside of being on the label and a band you want to push because, you know, they'll sell. Why are they like opening up for you guys? Mm-hmm. Um, so I hated them then because uh, also the whole emo thing was just not my scene. Right. And then I remember like Skrillex popping up and I was like. That guy looks a lot like the from first <laughs> yeah, to last. Old, old Tyrannosaurus over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is it? And then I was like, it is. It's the same fucking guy. And he told this whole like fucking look. I'm not saying this dude made a ton of money in his shitty emo band. But the, the story he told at the Grammys about squatting in a warehouse and using busted speakers making that album i'm just like look i'm sure you didn't make a lot of money but i bet you made more money than most 16 year olds oh yeah yeah for sure i mean that that's the thing like i don't know what his fucking touring was like like you yeah. can't you just can't make that like i'm sure he's 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 first of all he's he's doing what a lot of people wish they were doing fine but there is shit that people go through in touring that you have no idea. Oh, it's sure. Sure. 
grimy, rough shit. So I don't know exactly. Uh, and this is, I don't like, I'm not like defending the guy as a guy, but like I'm defending musicians that tour because every, that shit happens. Every, everyone is like, he's a super nice guy. And I'm like, okay, fine. He makes bad music though. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll, I'll take, I'd rather him make bad music and be a nice guy. Then make cool music. Nope. Be, nope. <laughs> nope. Then make bad music and be a bad guy. Oh, okay. I will yeah, never yeah. excuse <laughs> bad music. Hey, you check both boxes I always off. want yeah. the good news. Uh, fucking speaking of, speaking of emo. Um, yeah. Not, not at all my scene growing up. Uh, really. I was one of those fucking really vocal. I hated emo. And I did because I was obsessed with hardcore punk and thrash and shit. So, I mean, emo was like, the enemy at a certain point. So, uh, in my, you know, mid twenties, late twenties, I, I started hearing more and it was, it was purely based on, I talk so much shit as a teenager. I can't go through life not knowing, or like just thinking that I, that's bad and not knowing. Like I, like I need, let me just fucking, or, Oh yeah. man. So now do I fucking like a lot of emo stuff now? Holy it's shit. Like, and here's the thing, like the, the, the style is still the style and mm-hmm. the style is you, you like it or you don't. I still don't like the style the, the mm. type of the type of whiny vocals with the bleh, bleh, don't like any of that shit. Uh, it's, it's just it, whinier, heavier punk is kind of like the mm. whole thing. But some of these motherfuckers are good writers, like good songwriters, like legit, interesting com- compositions. Who, who would you, uh, <sighs> taking back Sunday. Whoa. I wasn't expecting that one. The album louder. Now is legit. Well-written. I'm like, Oh, come on, dude. Really? I feel fucking way gay now. How is this? Uh, MC, uh, MCR. MCR's uh, second album. The one that the first one to pop off fucking um, three cheers. Oh, okay. Something, something. something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that album, I think, is a fucking really good album. I could uh, at least see that one. Obviously, they're still fucking gigantic. Still gigantic. And the last one, and this is because I just saw them live because I was working working at the gig. Uh never heard of them before. Fucking Bayside. Oh fuck. holy fuck shit, dude. I was, really? I was like, these are good songs. These are well written. Because also I did listen to a whole night of emo. A whole yeah, night yeah. of other like including Hawthorne Heights. And I'm like, ah oh, shit. Like oh, no. not not yeah. don't like it. Don't I wasn't into any of that. And they go on and the, these are actually like I'll give them a lot of credit because throughout the whole set v- like no two songs felt like the same song. They okay. all felt like different songs, which is not what you think when you think emo. Yeah. So I was like, all right, not nah, all right. It's not, I, it's not my style, but God damn it. These are great songwriters. I was, uh, heard a lot of it. I, uh, I didn't hate it just to hate. I hate it. Cause I heard a lot of it. Went to a lot of shitty, shitty sh- backyard shows where, you know, there were kids trying to spin their guitars around their torsos. Oh my god! How many people fucked that one up? I I don't know how I didn't really see anyone get smashed in the fucking head doing. I wanted to every fucking yeah. time, but yeah. it never happened. Um, and yeah, this is this. Uh, I didn't know it was gonna come up. Um, I will say a band I've been dipping my toes in that I never thought I would, and I'm, and I'm finding way more enjoyable while we're on the topic of that is uh, AFI. AFI, that's another one that I I I've, I refuse to give a shot, but I feel like I bet they have something that I, I wouldn't mind. I bet they have some stuff that. I yeah, I don't find Davy's Davy Havoc's vocals as whiny. He's he's more of a screamer than a than a than a whiner. Mm-hmm. 
And then, yeah, they do like, you know, the hardcore punk influence is more obvious in their early shit. But I also feel like they have a, a bit of a like metal edge to them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I that's the very little that I recall of that band. Yeah. yeah. So uh, some of that early stuff. Not bad. Not bad. And, you uh, say. Yeah. This is what this, I never know how these these short episodes are going to direction they're going to go. It went from fucking grunge to emo, full on, e- full on emo. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What else are we going to talk about it? Uh, People spinning their guitars. That's what. Yeah. That shit pisses me. What oh, does it piss me off? That At least much. we stayed on music this time. Sometimes oh, yeah. we just talk about like fucking video games or, or movies. Or- <laughs> uh, that just that did make me think about the, the, the whole guitar trick thing and how much of it's like such like, oh, hey, look at this shiny object type type thing. It's like not. It's so good fucking dorky it makes me if, just like oh if i just roll the back of my head if you're a wuss you toss it this way but if you got if you're oh if you uh, live on the wild side uh, you toss it behind it's all stupid <laughs> just fucking play your gut if, who cares if your song sucks who cares yeah, yeah. that's not that's not that's just me saying that everyone else is like oh shit look what he did the same thing with uh stick flippers drummer uh, drummer stick flippers <laughs> that just constantly just <laughs> Let me look up his name because it's a very uh, common generic name. But let me tell you, the drummer from Judas Priest, the one who is uh, joined during Painkiller, uh-huh. and it only works because he can play. That man is like one of my favorite stick flippers. Really? He is a a joy to watch. Really? He like, he does like the annoying, like moves it. Oh, we, oh, and he but, can like pop the shit off his drums so it spins up, catch shit, and like he's real good though. I, I, I said that I don't respect that he took the time to learn how to do that. It's just to play the fucking song, dude. That, <laughs> that he took the time to learn that. <laughs> Holy shit! My my favorite is just from that that old old viral video. So his name is Scott Travis. Scott no, Travis. No relation. That's the other thing. To I, Randy Travis. No, I always get Scott Travis and Travis Scott mixed up. One's a rapper, one's a, a country singer. Wait. I think Travis Scott is the rapper. Travis. Too many, too many sim- similar names. Yeah, that's, that's confusing me. My, my favorite stick flipper was that old viral video of the dude playing the Sharp Dressed Man cover. Oh, that guy's fucking that dude great. Is the best. That dude is the fucking so good. <laughs> In terms of like inner like internet YouTube drumming videos, it's that guy yeah. and then the guy in like the weird anime suit. Like, oh, I don't think I've seen that. One. Oh man, if we were doing like a loose ends where we, we could just watch it, it yeah, right now, yeah, I'll try to like throw some videos in post. But uh, holy shit, it's fucking fun. Yeah, fun. and then <laughs> I take it back. I take back everything I said about this. Another, another fun uh, gimmicky drum thing to look up for people is you know i i think like tommy lee is the most famous for the the i'm gonna take my drum set turn it upside down oh right go over the whole audience um slipknots former drummer um the one who just died yeah jody foster foster jordanson um he had like a whole setup too which was very cool and i think he's a, a very like surprisingly for me to say that i think he's a very like underrated musician because mm-hmm. he wrote a That's lot right. of a lot of riffs for slipknot yeah. too he wasn't this doing the drums but um 
So there's all that. There's all that. <clears throat> the first Mac- and it always it always comes back to fucking Buddy Rich. Um his video is so gnarly. It's like a fucking forklift and it's so shaky mm-hmm. and it like jerks. Mm-hmm. It's not like a smooth turn. It'll like be turning and then do like a hard uh-huh. like a hard jerk and it is the jankiest shit. That sounds awful. That sounds it's terrifying. Hilarious because it's still Buddy Rich. Yeah, yeah. It's still Buddy Rich. So like, yeah, if you guys like like kooky drum videos, look up look up Buddy Rich doing that. Holy shit. Upside down drumming thing. Oh god damn. These fucking these these <laughs> these people, man, with their fucking harnesses and their contraptions. <laughs> yeah. One thing goes wrong, gonna owe a heart all over everybody. Yeah. Watch uh Speaking of Owen Hart, they're going to have a Owen Owen Hart Memorial uh, Tournament Cup thing. Oh, like really? They're going to do like... Oh, a, like an official. Yeah, official. And uh, yeah, it's a big news because his, uh, his widow fucking hates Vince. I wonder why. I mean, he, I wonder all why. All I wonder was, why. All I did was fucking kill the guy. Get over it, lady. Uh, Jesus Christ. Let's try to throw some money at her. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you want? What do you want? He's already dead. He's dead. This money is very much real. Very much alive. What do you Buy want? a lot of new husbands with that money. Yeah. She seems like the sweetest lady ever. Like, Got some fire in her, though. Oh, yeah. She does. She Because I think that's one of the, the things that Vince gets off on is he knows everyone will come come crawling back at one point uh-huh and she never oh she never did shit yeah it's pretty good they all do though they usually do oh yeah even like uh if you're a wrestling nerd uh even sting like everyone thought like sting was never gonna go to wwe and even sting caved eventually well when you got a monopoly yeah it's kind of which they don't anymore so good yeah. for them and that is uh, emo wrestling. <laughs> emo wrestling. And then let me just tie it in. Uh, there's uh, a wrestler. She changed her name to Ruby Soho. She walks out to Ruby Soho. I've never got rancid stuck in my head so many times. Oh, boy. As I have in the last two months. No, month. In the last month. Fuck, man. That's bad. I've not listened to it since I was a little, 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 little boy. Yeah, don't. I'm not a big fan. No. In fact, I would say I hate the band. I would. I would go. I would go with. I hate the band. I feel like everyone's friends with Lars, though. Ulrich. Fredrickson. Oh, I was like, <laughs> the lonely Lars in my head is a little Danish motherfucker. Let's fucking let's wrap it. Let's wrap uh, yeah, it. Yeah, okay. We're okay. Doing, uh, doing enough for these goddamn people. Well, thank you, and we still love you. So, uh, thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. Uh, check out the Temple Dolly album if you're into that shit. It's uh, you find a link in the description. And of course, you could spread the word. You could tell buddies, share the video, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Be a, be a walking billboard for us if you want. Please, because we're not buying ads because we're low on cash. And speaking of cash, patreon.com slash every album ever. <laughs> Bonus episodes are like certain episodes, discounts off merch. And I'll show you off your shirt, Alex. It is nice and thorough. I like it a lot. And yeah. And even though it's advertisement, it's very cool advertisement. Hell yeah. And of course, tier two patrons get to jump the line when requesting an artist for cover so we can actually do it instead of putting it on the list to get to a year from now. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, all that bullshit at Pander Monkey. And you can follow Alex on Instagram 
at Mother Puncher. Hell yes. I think that's about it for plugs. I probably missed stuff, but who cares, honestly, because this is a, is a nice... I think you got everything. I think so, too. Uh, so if we're going to wrap it, I think I'll choose the... I'll take this burden off of you, Alex. Oh, right, oh no. Lift it from you. What am, what will I do now that Mike has last song? I'll tell you what you can do. You can think about your mistakes in life. <laughs> and treat, Proceed to never do them again. Treat your stepmother with respect, Pantera. Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, so you know what? Fuck it. Let's do uh, let's do pushing forward back. So oh, yeah, you know that's the song I would have put. So yeah. jokes on you. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm being yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening and watching. See ya.
Yeah.